Welcome to the Business Owner Spotlight. Today, I'm excited because today I got Ash Ho with a Y. <laughs> Off camera, we were just talking. Tell me how to, like, how to, the exact way to pronounce it. So the exact way is Hoey. Oh, it's, okay. So Hoey. And so Ash is one of, is one of the co-founders of a, a company called Stadio Global. And Ash's background, man, he and his partner, Martin, has have exited businesses in the tens of millions of dollars. And today he's going to break down on his new project, Stadio Global, and how you can get involved. Welcome to the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, Andy. Great to, great to be here. Likewise, Ash, man. So as I broke down your bio, it really intrigued me about the NFT. And that's been like the hottest thing. And so for the listeners who are listening, can you break down before we go into Stadio Global, what you're doing and how you've exited businesses and your successes? Can you go with me and share with me like what is an NFT and how is it making such why is it making so much waves in the marketplace today? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, look, there's a lot of excitement at the moment. And obviously, NFTs are a pretty big buzz, especially in the technology and the um, blockchain space. To answer your question in and anyone sort of getting into the space now to understand an NFT, which stands for non-fungible token. So fungibility means can something be altered or changed? So non-fungibility means that it's fixed, it's finite, it can't be changed. Now, a non-fungible token can be a asset that represents some form of smart contract. So in the um, traditional you know, contract sense, you would have a document that might set out some rules or guidelines or things that need to be acted upon. With a smart contract, you can actually programmatically code in things that need to take place. And instead of having a you know, image of a PDF on a document on your computer, a NFT can actually enable a smart contract to have a visual representation. And that can be an image, a video clip, a voice clip, you know, so audio, visual, uh, visual. Ultimately, a non-fungible token, though, had a lot of interest in the, art, in the artist scene because what you can do with a smart contract is obviously program royalties and ongoing benefits. So it's a is really a smart unique- contract. When you say like when you say smart contract, we're not talking about level of intelligence. We're talking about like you can set up parameters, conditions, and if then when branches, like is that what what's what's happening with a smart yeah, contract? Yeah, correct. So a smart contract is essentially a digital contract that's um, programmed into onto the blockchain. So it says, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever you decide to embed as part of that smart contract. And it's then fixed, meaning that it's non-fungible. Um, or sorry, if it's represented by an, an NFT, it means it's fixed, it's finite, it's immutable, it can't be deleted. It the, can't rules, be, the rules yeah. of that contract. Correct. So let me ask you a question. So for example, like real estate, when you buy real estate, you put your money into escrow and then everyone puts their, you give the contract to escrow and the deal with escrow is, hey, out of the, the money that the, the buyer is putting in, a portion goes to the seller, a portion goes to the real estate agent, a portion goes to the, to the, to the other loan company and so forth. Escrow takes care of the disbursements. Is that kind of similar of how a smart contract works where the blockchain or the contract itself plays like escrow where it's dividing and, and giving people based on the rules? Yeah, correct. So it's essentially automating that process and it's saying, you know what the rules are and, and the smart contract actually then fulfills that, what the rules are. So, you, and then for the smart contract, you can obviously hold a token that represents ownership over it. And that's what the NFT kind of comes into play. So instead of having a, a physical piece of paper that can be, you know, torn up, it can be lost, it can be burnt, it can be affected by the natural weather elements. 
a non-fungible token could actually represent a smart contract, which is the property land title. And that's where it sits on the blockchain. And it's obviously secure. It's proof of ownership. And obviously, if it sits in your private wallet, that's how you know that this person owns that piece of land, which is what the NFT might represent. So instead of having a physical piece of paper, for example. So before we go into your system, so really what's happening, for example, like when I see people put up a monkey on their on their social media profile, that monkey or that image, is that essentially that image representing the, the smart contract? Yeah, it, it is. completely different. In, no, in a, in a very simplistic sense, the, the monkey image is representing a smart contract, which says this wallet address so the owner of that wallet address they own this asset and the purchase amount is x so if somebody wants to sell that monkey the owner of that so if they've you know someone's got their instagram so steph curry he's got a, one of these bored apes you know he paid a lot of money for it and obviously there's a lot of hype it's a brand so it does have some sort of real world utility but that digital asset that he owns if he was to sell it the smart contract would then say this amount of funds is going to be deposited into this wallet and if there was a additional agreement or rules that were built into it would say this money would also go here or go here. But once that asset is then moved to someone else's wallet, that's proof of ownership. So anyone can take a picture and a screenshot and that's where the confusion comes into it. It's about proof of ownership. And then if you can show that you have the keys to the kingdom, that's how you actually you know, are able to monetize and the funds come to you if you sell that asset. So so it's kind of like, because as I've been studying, I think you know in our conversation, you kind of share it in the most simplistic way, which is one of the skill sets that you obviously have which is a skill to communicate. So in, in its most simplistic way, when people see that monkey, it's not that the it's, it's not the image of the monkey that's the value. It's that there's an agreement on the blockchain that says, hey, this monkey is owned by this individual or this entity. Yeah, and that's what's valuable. Yeah, correct. The, va the value is the proof of ownership, right? Because like you said, you could take a screenshot of, you know, something digitally. And that's why, you know, it's, it's fun to, you know, have a bit of a laugh about it. Like I could take a screenshot on YouTube of LeBron James doing a dunk and then someone trying to sell that. The actual like ownership sits within the smart contract and that's represented by the NFT and you can have that visual. So the value is obviously part to do with the ownership. But of course, the other part of the value is what someone willing to pay for it. That then is the question around brand value. So a board Ape, there's a certain brand value associated with that because they've managed to get to a certain scale and a size of what they've done. You know, they've now got partnerships with Adidas, they've got partnerships with Nike, you know, they're starting to build a bit of a metaverse, you know, system around it. So there's real world utility. And by holding one of those board apes as in the form of an NFT, if you were to get access to some of their exclusive events for only board ape, you know, holders, you're going to have to like log in through your digital wallet. And if that wallet doesn't actually own a board ape, you're not going to get access. So that's where the proof of ownership comes in because you can actually electronically verify if somebody is an owner of one of these NFTs. Understood. So, so, so it seems like not only do do these NFT experiences or, or NFT tokens has real world utility, but there's also ways that you can create the rules in the smart contracts. And so Stadio, your, your company that you partnered up with, with Martin, in your business, the way that you did it was that you allowed new era athletes to commercialize their own personal brand. Is that right? First of all, why that direction in the first place? Like why athletes in the first place? In, yeah. in, in personal brands. Yeah, cool. So look, I'll just I'll just start with uh, obviously myself and Martin's sort of story and why we decided to get into the space. And I'll keep it very high level. Both Martin and myself have actually founded and sold um, what we call Web2 businesses. So we've both you know scaled and exited technology companies that we've built from the ground up and we've sold to other businesses. 
So we understand the process of going from zero to exit. My sort of previous company was to do with online ID verification and KWAT, so know your customer services. Martin was had a company, uh, one of his recent ones was a police checking business. So we actually met when we were working with Uber in Australia. So we, Martin was actually doing all the police checks for Uber drivers and my company was doing all the driver's license checks for Uber drivers. And we actually met through that collaboration and, and obviously had some other business dealings together. Now, Martin actually uh, has done a few corporate sponsorships for some sporting teams. So he's got a network of athletes, coaches, club owners. Myself, I've actually been involved with basketball for a long time. I played myself. I've got a lot of friends that have still, you know, continue to play and actually have made it, you know, in the NBA, in the NBL over in Europe. And it's a space that we love, obviously being sports fans. Having invested in some athletes as well, Martin started to see some issues around, you know, keeping agents accountable to what they say. If a contract is drawn up with an athlete, you know, we hear a lot of horror stories about them getting, you know, essentially screwed over, not getting what they what they deserve to be paid. And this is where the technology now that Web3 and blockchain creates, and that's where NFTs and smart contracts um, start to come into play. We've talked to a number of athletes around how are you looking to monetize your personal brand? And you know, you've only got a limited window to monetize yourself while you're actually playing. But what about, you know, after you stop playing? And you know, if you get injured, where are you going to get your sort of income from? after you know the the game is done so this is where we've started thinking about if if i'm looking at you know trying to find coca-cola as a sponsor for a certain you know product that we want to do you know how do you sort of get them to the table how do you contract it up as an athlete you get approached by if you're obviously if you're a good athlete you're going to get approached by nike adidas you know under armor and you're going to get a really good deal if you obviously have a lot of brand presence but what about majority of the athletes that are professional that maybe are doing their own kind of creative artists whether it's actually creating artwork or whether you've got a clothing line, how do you engage with your fans and your and create your personal brand in this in this new sort of age of technology? And this is where we've started looking at real world utility being attached to something like a smart contract. For example, one of our brand ambassadors um, and one of our early athletes we've got on board is a guy called Dijon Vasilovic. He played at the University of Miami. He's now playing in the National Basketball League here in Australia for the Sydney Kings. Actually, Andrew Bogut's ex um, ex team. If you know Andrew Bogut for the basketball fans out there, played in the NBA, Milwaukee Box, and then came back to the Sydney Kings. With Dijon, he's actually got his own clothing brand. So any fan that wants to purchase one of Dijon's NFTs, if you're a holder of that NFT, you can actually unlock discount, you know, discount opportunities for purchasing his clothing brand. So that's like one example. Like, like, like his personal clothing, like it's not like the NBA or the NFL or anything. It's, it's, it's what he wants to personally put out. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So we're giving them a platform to express themselves and actually engage fans in a, in a new and more intimate way. So for example, like many, many personal brands that are in the, in the athlete space, they got to go work with someone else. So they got to go work with Nike, work with Adidas, because they have the platform to be able to distribute it and so forth. But right. the real valuable asset is the personal brand of the individual. And now for the first time ever, instead of them having to go direct to, to another organization, you're giving them the ability to go direct to the end consumer Correct. With the, with the, with your, with your company. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how does that impact? So for example, if I want to buy uh, John Doe's clothes, doesn't he still have to go through an organization to actually like manufacture the clothing itself in that example? Yeah, absolutely. What, what we're doing is we're providing that digital 
um, digital interface that allows someone to, if they want to sell your clothes um, through, you know, our online marketplace, we've got those capabilities. You know, they're probably going to do it through third parties, like, you know, shop, like either Shopify websites or go your, their own kind of GoDaddy website they might develop. What we're doing is we're actually helping create a new way to engage the fan and keep the fan re-engaged. So the difference between say having to go and procure your own, you know, shirts from a, you know, a manufacturer or whatnot, what you're just talking about, it's the ability that once you've got that kind of like collection set up, how is somebody going to um, get a discount or get closer to that athlete and have a benefit for obviously supporting them as an individual? You, yes, you can buy the clothing brand direct and you, know, you might not get a discount or whatnot, but let's say you do purchase say a digital collectible that Dijon has put out as, as an example, by owning one of those, then if you go and purchase one of his, you know, assets, such as a clothing item within his ecosystem, you're going to get a discount because you're already a direct fan that's shown, you know, support to him. But that's not the only thing that you might get. For example, if you wanted to have a, a coaching session by Dijon, you know, as a professional basketball player, you wanted to obviously meet him in person, depending on which type of collectible that you that you purchase, it might unlock a different real world benefit. So we're actually working with the athletes. And you can verify who owns it because it's an NFT. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, obviously if someone wants to rock up and say, Hey, I'm here for a coaching session, they'll say, yeah, show us, show us proof of ownership that you've actually got the benefit or you can claim this. And that's how we can verify it because it's all digital and it's, and it's proof of ownership. So in its most simplest term, like what it sounds like, it's like in the real world, let's say 2010, it's like saying, Hey, if you purchase a, a ticket to do coaching with, with Dijon, you need a ticket. But what has happened in the real world is many times you can sit on YouTube, those tickets have been duplicated, scammed, reprinted, and it's fake. And, and then, so it's hard for you to determine what's real and what's not. So then they transition to a receipt, right? So you, what you need is a receipt for the transaction, but even that could be duplicated and, and that could be faked and so forth. But when you go now to this, NFTs, you can't duplicate this because it's only, it's only one number or one wallet that it's attached to and it's verifiable on the blockchain where you can't duplicate it. At least right now, you can't duplicate this. Yeah, no, correct. That, that's exactly right. So I think you, you're obviously, you know, you're a pretty smart guy. You're picking, you're picking up what we're putting down. The idea is that we're trying to make the process a lot more seamless, have transparency and accountability in the transaction. So you're not going to have people being able to duplicate things easily. Um, it's not to say people won't try, but if you've got a single asset that has its own unique identifier, that is going to be the only one that's going to be valid when you go to obviously claim or purchase or participate in whatever it is that you're looking to get access to. So we're the, the owner or the creator that's obviously offering that sort of said benefit, they're going to know which of the official identifier, like, you know, identifiers that match up with certain NFTs are going to be able to say, yes, this is approved. So when you have a ticket in the traditional sense from a, you know, a physical ticket yeah. at the, end of the event, most people just chuck it in the bin, right? With NFTs, you've now got a new digital like mechanism that you've got proof of participation or proof of ownership to say, hey, I've actually got this, you know, digital asset that said I was there. I, I rode on this ride. I was in the event. I was at, you know, at the concert whatever it might be, you've got that proof that you were the person holding that ticket at the time and you, you, were, you were part of that group. Now, you don't have to throw that in the bin because being digital as a creator or the owner of that asset, you can start to um, continually add new value to what that NFT might represent. So you won't want to throw it in the bin, but that's where 
adding additional value to it over time, you might have purchased this NFT, you know, you say in 2020. Sorry. Can the owner change the contract? No, the smart, the smart contract represents the digital asset, but by owning that asset, you can then say, all right, for anyone holding this asset, we're now going to put on a new event. And if you're, if you're a holder of this, you're going to get exclusive access before the rest of the you know, community. So it, it's actually real world attachment continually being added to just because you're a holder of that asset. So you don't know, you don't actually know what the value of it might be because things haven't come to pass yet. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Because you're the owner, it is going to continue to grow in value as long as the creator continues to add value to it. So it's not just a guaranteed, this is going to make money. This is going to go up in value. There's, you know, there's real world um, effort that has to be applied to it. And there are things that can be done that are scalable. There are other things that might be a bit more manual. Question for you, Ash. Um, as we wrap up in the next couple of minutes, I see the value for the for the for the athlete themselves, right? Direct consumer ability in, in, with your platform. What value does it have for the other side, um, for the actual consumer and the guests listening to the show? The um, flip side have, have being a consumer and a purchaser. Some people will automatically go straight to the default, which is they buy something because they like the look of it, right? That's a lot of the hype at the moment in the NFT world. You know, oh, the artwork is great. That's not necessarily going to make something, you know, increase in value if you're looking to purchase it, not just to claim the benefit, but if you're looking as a digital asset or instrument that you can grow that wealth, you're going to have to look at it from a couple other, you know, standpoints, which is, is the creator of that asset going to, continually add more value to what that NFT might represent or be able to get you access to. I would be looking at that kind of stuff from an investor. So it's not guaranteed that if what you purchase it for, you can then resell it for, because just, you know, remember very simple principles and this, this is not a new concept, but if you put something on the market, you've got to have the demand side as well. If you don't, you can say, I want to sell this for X amount of money, but it's what someone is willing to purchase it for. that's what you have to obviously understand from the investor standpoint. Um, Nothing's guaranteed, but from a um, trust and and transparency standpoint, Stadio is obviously a legitimate company. We're actually incorporated in Australia. We're bound by certain laws. We are operating in a Web3 space. So there's a little bit of the Wild West happening at the moment, but we're doing everything we possibly can to show consumers that this is not something that's going to just disappear overnight. We're here to, you know, we're here for the long term. We're here for the right reasons. We're here to support athletes. And obviously the more athletes that start, start to join our ecosystem and start to put out their own assets, it's going to start creating network effects and people are going to start re-engaging. And then obviously being part of the ecosystem, you might not just be investing in one athlete. You might see a whole bunch of athletes. You might find a team that you want to invest in. And it's a new way to actually get closer to, to, the, in, to the athletes that you haven't traditionally been able to get access to. How, how can, uh, whether, it's, whether it's athletes or even purchasers, learn more about uh, Stadio? Yeah, look, um, obviously we'd recommend heading to stadio.global. So that's the URL. So not stadio.com, not stadioglobal.com. It's stadio.global. Um, and obviously follow us on social. So Stadio HQ is most of our social um, tags or usernames. Um, and obviously feel free to you know, hit myself or Martin up on uh, you know, Twitter or Instagram, um, but play at stadio.global is also our email. So we're very contactable. My man, Ash, thank you so much for being on the episode, man. I think we got it. This deserves a, a, a part two in the future, man, to learn more about the exits that you and Martin have done and even having Martin be a part of this, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. No, thanks so much for having me. Cheers, Andy.